0: If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, we're going to read verses 2 through to 3. And I felt stirred of recent, um, you know, just being back from conference. And, uh, you know, what God's been doing, something new. And even with, uh, you know, brothers, you know, brother Tulaki, just coming in every morning to pray, uh, you know, I feel God stirring and just moving upon people's lives and God doing some breakthrough. And so I want to preach upon a message or topic on prayer tonight, a message I've entitled Prayer Warriors. You know, God wants to raise up in this church some mighty prayer warriors. You know what? That we just keep coming in and and pray and say, God, uh, I need a miracle in my family. God, I need a miracle in my life. And so I want to pray tonight. I want to preach a message entitled Prayer Warriors out of Colossians Four, chapter uh, chapter 4 verses 2 and as you're turning there F.B. Meyer the author of the secret of guidance said the great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer but unoffered prayer instead of prayer being uh, you know what something we do every day like breathing eating walking and talking prayer seems to have Become like that little glass-covered little box thing on the wall that says, break in case of emergency. That people now, their prayer life is about, you know what, oh, I'm in trouble. Lord God, help me, Lord Jesus, take me out of this place, Lord, and I'll never do it again, Lord Jesus, amen. And that's that's all their prayer life is. It's literally just praying that God take them out of a certain situation. I heard a story the other day of a man who encountered a bit of trouble while flying his little aeroplane. He called the control tower and said, Pilot to tower. I'm 300 miles from the airport, 600 feet above the ground, and I'm out of fuel. I am descending rapidly. Please advise. Over. Tower to pilot. The dispatcher began. Repeat after me. Our Father who art in heaven. <laughs> so here it is. You know what? It's so true. That it's so often or not, we associate prayer with crises in our lives. Prayer is, for the most part, an untapped resource. Prayer is an unexplored continent where untold treasure remains to be unearthed. It's and you know prayer is talked about more than anything else, but practice less than anything else. Let me say that again. Prayer is talked more about than anything else, but is practice less than anything else? And yet, for the believer, prayer remains one of the greatest gifts the Lord. God has given us outside of salvation. God wants you and I to tap into this supernatural flow. God wants you to open up your eyes, open up your heart to see this boundless, uh, uh, you know what, limited, uh, unlimited resource that comes through the power of prayer telling you when men and women begin to get on their knees begin to seek God begin to seek God for their lives I'm telling you miracle after miracle takes place one after the other I remember my brother and I was uh, not even saved. I would hear him every single day when he'd wake up in the morning and he's praying, God, I pray for my mother. God, I pray for my... And this guy was a drug addict. This guy was an alcoholic. This guy was a suicidal guy. And here he is, he's praying for our family. I'm like, shut up, man, shut up. But not knowing those prayers would reach our family. Because there is power when someone prays. And our text says, continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving i feel that there is a stirring and a theme happening because last on wednesday night i preached a message saying let us not lag in diligence but fervent in spirit I believe God is calling you and I tonight to a life of deep prayer. I believe God is calling you and I to go beyond the shallow waters of just good morning, Jesus. Bless me, Lord. Bless the food. Amen. I believe God is calling us tonight to go into deep waters, to unknown territories like never before. God is calling you and I to be prayer warriors. So number one, if you're making note, pray with persistence. Prayer, pray with persistence. Paul begins by saying, Devote yourselves to prayer, devote yourselves to it, continue earnestly in it. Uh, you know what? Uh, the original language says, Continue steadfastly in prayer. The word translated, continue steadfast, is actually one word in the original language, and it's translated to be persistent in, it's translated to adhere firmly to or remain. Devoted to or give this care, give great care towards it. And so when Paul is talking about, you know what, devote yourself and continue earnestly in it, he's saying, listen, you got to have a life of dedication and consistency when it comes to your prayer life. Now I find what's amazing in the Bible, when you study this particular scripture, of the 10 times it's used in the New Testament, four of them have to do with being devoted with prayer and so here it is we find throughout the bible that is very powerful it's so uh, you know what important that you and i understand that this verse alone that the word of god is telling us it's given as an imperative it's given as a command that you know what it's saying in other words persistence in prayer is not an option for a disciple it's an order from the lord himself he's saying hey listen you are, you are you a christian are you a disciple listen the command is this be continually and devoted to prayer continue earnestly in prayer be vigilant in it with thanksgiving you know two of the most instructive parables that jesus ever told on prayer was one in luke chapter 18 and one in luke chapter 11 and he's talking about people being persistent in their prayer life He's talking about, you know what, people are not giving up in their prayer life. And I want to encourage you and I tonight that we must not give up, that we must not be lazy when it comes to prayer. Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus says, Now he was telling them a parable to show them that all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. It's so critical for a believer. It's so important of Jesus' words. He's telling us, listen, pray, don't lose heart. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 is where we find the promise that says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Jesus is saying, pray and don't lose heart. Ask and keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. It's talking about this persistence. It's talking about this dedication. Jesus does not want you to give up in prayer. Come on, somebody. He instructs us to be persistent, that we be prayer warriors. You know what? We need to uh, find this righteous anger within us that says, man, I keep on stumbling. I keep on falling into sin. I keep on doing the same thing over and over again. We need to get this in our spirit and say, you know what? No, I'm going to be a mighty man and a woman of God and get into prayer. I'm going to seek God that when I'm weak, he can make me strong. Come on, somebody. But it's only found through persistent prayer. Inconsistency ain't going to help you devoted lifestyle of prayer god wants to raise up prayer warriors there's a difference between persistent prayer and long prayers a person who is persistent in prayer doesn't have to pray long persistence means not giving up some people give up easy they quit because they say you know what i just don't feel like praying anymore oh man the joy is gone the feeling is gone but how many know we don't live by feelings can you say amen we live by faith according to God's word. First uh, Thessalonians 5 verse 17. A very lengthy verse that says pray without ceasing. <laughs> Jesus is telling us don't give up when it comes to prayer. Paul is saying pray without ceasing. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Ask and keep on asking. Be persistent with your prayer life. Judge you know, Muller Uh, known as one of the greatest prayer warriors of all times, had uh, had this to say about persistence prayer. He says this, It is a a common temptation of Satan to uh, to make us give up the reading of the Word and prayer when our enjoyment is gone, as if it were of no use to read the Scriptures when we do not enjoy them, and as if it were no use to pray when we have no spirit of prayer. The truth is that in order to enjoy the Word, we ought to continue to read it and the way we obtain a spirit of prayer is to continue praying the less you read the word of God the less you desire to read it and the less you pray the less you desire to pray and so the lesson tonight is this we need to be persistent when it comes to our prayer life number two pray with passion Pray with persistence, pray with passion. Our text says, continue earnestly in prayer. And secondly, be vigilant in it. If you're persistent in something, it means that you're passionate about it. In fact, Paul says that we should be vigilant, that we should be watchful. It is the, the idea that is so opposite to being slothful, to, to be lazy. And it shows us, you know what, of someone who is persistent and has a prayer life that is blazing on fire for God. Jesus was passionate about his prayer life. It was something that he was always doing. He was so passionate about prayer that when he came to the house of God, He saw money changes. He saw people selling. He saw people exchanging money. And he got so fed up with them. He overturned the tables. He made a whip and he began to, you know what, drive them out of the house. And he says, my house shall be called the house of prayer. It was so important to him. He was passionate about this. The Bible tells us so many occasions that Jesus rose up before the sun got up and he was praying. That Jesus got up and he prayed. Listen, guys, if you work early in the morning, there's no excuse for you. If you work early in the morning, listen, if Jesus got up and spent the whole day praying for the sick, laying hands of people, working every day to see people saved and healed, listen, how much more should you and I... Pray that when we wake up in the morning, whip off those Duna demons and say, you know what, I'm going to seek God. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. It's cold out there, but it's hot inside of my heart. Oh, come on. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost that burns within us to say, listen, I'm not going to be bound by all these things in the world. Because I'm telling you, when you pray in the morning, it makes your day so much better. Every time we see Jesus praying, he was praying with passion. In Luke 3, verse 1, at his baptism, he was praying and the heavens opened. Passionate prayer opens up heaven. Luke 6, verse 12, before he called his disciples, he spent the whole night prayer. You see, passionate prayer gives direction. Luke chapter 9, verse 29, at his transfiguration, while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different. His clothing became white and gleaming. Listen, passionate prayer enables us to experience the glory of the Father. How about you? But there's times when I'm praying and all of a sudden I just, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the presence of God. I feel, I sense the smile of God upon my life. I'm like, man, God, what is this? And there's moments where, you know what? I just don't, I I don't get up and pray. And I'm just like, man, I I feel it. I feel my flesh rising up. I feel, you know, even my kids, dad, you, you need to go pray. (laughs) it's like man something's taken over, but when you begin to pray your spirit begins to now sense the glory the presence of God and you're changed in an instant Jesus in Matthew 26 verse 39 Jesus prayed passionately in the garden that even his sweat became like great drops of blood Luke chapter 23 verse 24 he was praying while he was on the cross You see, a life that is lived in passionate prayer will enable us to maintain that kind of spirit even in the most difficult situations. Jesus always prayed with passion because he knew who he was praying to. Jesus wanted to remain close to the Father. Jesus wanted to remain with this close connection with his Father. If you're making note, prayer is not a button to be pushed. It is a relationship to be pursued you know what it's not just about all oh, getting up in the morning uh, yep six o'clock break click t- you know punch in the clock no no listen it's about a relationship with your father prayer is not a button to be pushed it is a relationship to be pursued Jesus was praying to his father a relationship that he established that was established listen tonight God isn't just a 9 one God he is a one-on-one God He wants to be close by you. God wants to know the details of your life. When you come to Him in prayer, when you give over your worries and your anxieties, when you begin to pray, He taught His disciples to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, He was teaching them about a direct connection to the Father. And this prayer is the prayer from the heart. That's what passionate prayer is. It's not, you know what, uh, your head praying. You know, it's, it's, it's coming from the heart. And in Matthew chapter six verse seven, in the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus' instructions of prayer is, you know what? He's giving it to them. He's saying, "Listen, this is how we should pray." But just before he does that, listen to what he says. He says, "When you pray, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do." I get convicted sometimes. I'm like, you know what? I remember uh, hearing a, um, actually reading a book. Sorry, and one of the the wives were like. Told the guy praying, uh, I think it was David Wilkinson, uh, and he said, uh, she said to him, "You need to record yourself." And he's like, "Why? Why don't you say the same things every single day? You you say the repetition words." I'm like, "Oh man!" And he got convicted. He got convicted. It was like, man, this scripture just begin to hit home to him. It's like, man, you know what? This is a relationship here. When you are praying to the Father, you know what? Don't use meaningless repetition. That, you know what, God wants a relationship with us. God wants us to be in communion with Him. That is what we do. This is what's called a relationship. I mean, can you imagine, you know, you, when you're communicating with your wife? Oh, I love you. Oh, I really love you. I just want to tell you I love you. Uh, you want know, to thank you for feeding the kids. Thank you for cleaning up the house. You know, and uh, may you all be well with you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Is that, your, is that how your relationship is with your friends? Oh yeah, good to see how. praise the Lord, how are you going? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> what sort of relationship is that? And I'm, I'm telling you, because this is how, I mean, how, can you imagine God up there like, <laughs> just listening to your prayers, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but it's like this meaning, and so, and so I want us to get a revelation that, you know what, this is about a relationship here. That it's not just a, a, uh, you know, breaking of the wall in case of emergency. Jesus, help me, Lord, I'll never do it again. Get me out of this and I'll serve you for the rest of my life, Jesus. It's like, no, no, it's a dedication of prayer. It's a persistent prayer and it's a passionate prayer. James chapter 5 verse 16, the effective fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Let's close. I want to close with the third point. Sorry, not third point, sorry. Uh, We've got four points tonight. Pray with thankfulness. Pray with thankfulness. Continue earnestly in prayer and being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. You know, Paul never fails to mention pray and pray with thanksgiving. Ephesians 5.20 tells us that thanksgiving is the natural result of being filled with walking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 4.6 tells us not to be anxious for nothing, but in everything we should pray giving thanks your prayers should link with praise first Thessalonians 5 18 tells us giving thanks at all times is God's will for us in Christ Jesus Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 says that as believers everything we say or do should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus as we give thanks to him first Timothy chapter 4 verse 4 says that food and marriage are good things given to us by God and are to be received with thanksgiving and gratitude. I wonder how many times we pray and we just simply forget to thank God. We just come to God and we just got our list. God, this is what I need done today. God, will, you know what? I've been waiting for you to meet these needs. It hasn't been coming through, God. When are you going to time? My time is running out, Lord Jesus. <laughs> but you know what? We, we, we're like that. And it's like, man, what, what happened to Thanksgiving? And so this is why we link our prayers with Thankfulness because it now begins to change and do a shift in a spiritual dimension in our own spirit. When you pray with thanksgiving, when you pray with thankfulness, it expresses gratitude in several things. Number one, it articulates your dependence. That you know what, man, you're thankful for God. And it demonstrates, number two, it demonstrates relationship. That you're grateful, you're thankful for it. It communicates, number three, it communicates gratitude and proper attitudes. It's like, you know what, it's saying, God, I'm so grateful. The spirit right now, you're not just coming with a list to God, but you're coming in with just thankfulness. Thank you for being saved, God. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for the very breath I breathe. David kept praying, God, from the rising of the sun till the setting, yet I will praise your name. David kept praying every breath that's within me gives you praise a a lifestyle of praise and thanksgiving. We're not just coming to uh, imagine going to your you know your your, your friend and you going all you do is like complain, complain, complain. You know, we need to come to God with this deep sense of dependence and gratitude. God, I'm so grateful, so thankful for what you're about to do. Number 4 and I close intercessory prayer. In our text, it tells us in verse 3, Paul is saying, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Intercessory prayer is basically praying for others. It is praying for God's will to be done in the lives of other people. And Paul is writing and he wanted to be sure the Colossian Christians understood what it was that they were to pray for. He wanted them to pray with a specific purpose. He wanted them to pray for him, asking God to open a door so that they could speak the gospel. You see, it was Paul, uh, it was the gospel that Paul lived for. It was the gospel that Paul breathed and began to die for this. It was the preaching of the gospel that had landed Paul in prison. It was the preaching of the gospel that was ever in the forefront of Paul's mind. And you see, Paul wanted God's kingdom to expand. Just like Jesus, he was concerned about others. He was concerned about their souls. He was concerned about their salvation. Therefore, he was always, always persistent and he was passionate in his prayer because he wanted the gospel to be furthered beyond and further throughout the earth. Church, I want to remind you, you pray for one another. Pray for each other. You there's times in the morning and I'm just going through. You know what? I pray for you by name every single day. Cover her in the blood, Lord. Cover him in the blood. Uh, you know what? And that's what we ought to do. We need to keep on praying for each other. Pray for your family. Pray for your brothers and your sisters. Intercede for them. Jesus in his life was always interceding, always through intercessory prayer, praying for people, praying God that to send the labors into harvest, praying for other people. I wonder if your prayers are all about yourself, or is your prayer include other people as well? Five things happen when we pray. Number one, prayer internalizes the burden. It deepens the ownership of our burden, and it deepens our relationship with God. That when you pray, you sense there's a need, there's a burden that when you pray for this church you sense you know what this is my church that i'm praying for it's a real deep concern for you now for the brother in the church that's struggling it's a real concern for you now because why because you you've made it in a uh, you know what an objective now to pray for it you sense this burden you sense the need number two prayer focuses us to wait you know part of prayer is always waiting for god god has three answers to prayers yes no and wait We don't like the wait. We don't like the no, Lord. But instead of being frustrated that God is not on our schedule, you see, prayer focuses us to be on God's timetable. Number three, prayer opens up our spiritual eyes. You see, when you pray, it enables you to get in touch with what God is doing and how is doing when you pray God opens up these supernatural spiritual eyes and now you begin to see clearly and God gives you clear direction gives you uh, a dimension of faith to now lead you on a path lead you on a journey different to someone else and you're like man sis what are you doing I' not I'm just I'm just simply praying because God has done something in her and through her, or God has done something in him and through him, that he's got these spiritual eyes now because he is and she is a woman of prayer. Prayer enables you to get in touch with what God is doing and how he is doing it. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 6. You might know the story of when the army of Israel was surrounded by their enemies. And Elijah's servant got nervous in verse 15 through to 17. Listen to what he says. Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Verse 17, catch this. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his servant's eyes and he saw, and behold, The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, prayer opens your eyes, enables you to see what God is doing, to see things that we are blinded without prayer. That's because prayer is communication. We speak to God. God answers us. God is speaking to us. God is showing us on what we need to do and simply trust in him that he's got everything under control number four it aligns our heart with God's heart when you pray there's an adjustment there's an alignment you know your thoughts are now being stable your emotions have now been realigned according to the word and now your actions your behavior is moving towards destiny prayer enables you to move forward that's why it's important to pray Pray engages God, enables God's people, enlarges His kingdom. Because you know what Jesus said? He says, without me, you can do nothing. You know, we're hopeless without God. We're hopeless without His direction. That we need Jesus Christ. And once we have prayed, we're ready to do anything. But until we have prayed, we can do nothing. But once we have prayed, we can accomplish anything. I want to ask you a question tonight. What does your prayer life look like in the morning? Do you even have a prayer life? Are you persistent in prayer? Are your prayers passionate? Are they filled with intensity? Or are they weak, timid, and lacking faith? What about gratitude? How much time have you spent thanking God for all that He's done for you? Are you and who you pray for is there anyone in your life that you're praying God save them is there a burden in your heart to see God's kingdom expand is there a burden on your heart to see his will done in your life because I'm telling you tonight God is calling you and I to a lifestyle of prayer why don't you be a prayer warrior for Jesus Christ amen every head bowed every eye closed prayer warriors there's an army of the Lord rising but I wonder how what God's army looks like when people don't pray people that lack spiritual power when they were in the book of Acts and they begin to go out and, and one of the witch ladies said oh Paul I know Jesus I know who are you I wonder how many times you know what you, you pray and you say oh God help me here God and you're praying against a demon and demons are coming back to you you say I don't know you and that's why you're not seeing any breakthrough. But can you imagine a lifestyle of prayer that now God moves on your behalf and begin, you begin to see breakthrough and favor because there's an element of faith, there's an element of supernatural faith that's only accomplished through prayer. While every head bowed and every is closed tonight, you're here tonight and you're not saved. Your heart is not right with God. You know, if you were to die tonight and you were to enter into eternity, you know you wouldn't spend eternity in heaven. You'd spend eternity in hell. Jesus spoke about hell more than he did about heaven. Jesus says these words. He says, You know what? Many will say to me, Lord, Lord. Did not we do this in your name? Did not we cast out demons in your name? And Jesus turns and says, depart from me. I I never knew you. I never knew you. Brother, sister, it's not about coming to church that's going to save you. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You might say, oh, I come to church. I know Jesus. But the real question is, it needs to be flipped. Does he know you? You might know Darren Lockyer. You might know all the famous sports stars. Uh, they ain't got no clue about you. You know how long they jump. You know how tall they are. You know everything about them. And they have no idea who you are. It's the same way with Jesus. You might know all about Jesus in the Bible. Oh, you've, you've grown up in, the, in church and done all the right things. But you have no relationship with Jesus. He has no idea who you are. And my brother, you know what, I you know what, can you imagine you you spent all your life just coming to church on Sunday, and in one moment, in an instant, boom, you're, you're now standing in a holy place, and you're you're saying to say, Lord, 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 I did this. I say, Depart from me, I never knew you. And Jesus says, You wicked and lazy servant, what stern words. And I want to remind every backslider, every person here that's playing church don't play church don't play with religion have a relationship with Jesus Christ get your heart right with God while you have the chance life is short it's but a vapor it's here then it's gone you're here tonight you're not saved your heart is not right with God but tonight you want to give your heart to Jesus I want you to do one simple thing just raise your hand very quickly raise it up so I can see it and I'll count it a privilege to pray with you if that's you tonight God speaking with you you're not saved lift it up Lift it up, lift it up. I cannot prove this. Lift it up tonight. You're not saved. You're not saved. You're you're away from God. You know if you were to die, you wouldn't make heaven your home. You'd spend eternity in hell. If that's you, you say, yep, that's me. I want to be saved. I want to make uh, heaven my home. This might even be your last chance. And you walk out these doors and life is taken from you. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. He knows your life. He knows what you're going through, and He wants to give you eternal life. There's no accidents. There's only divine appointments. God brought you tonight in this place to remind you of salvation. You're not saved. Lift it up. Lift it up. You're backslidden. You once had a walk with Christ. You're not saved. Lift it up tonight. God loves you. God wants to save you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to give you a new life. He knows the tears that you cry. He knows the things that you're going through. He knows the burdens that you face he knows exactly what you're going through and he wants to save you if that's you, raise your hand. Say yes, amen. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else you want to join this honest heart? Say yes, that's me. Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm not saved. I'm backslidden. I'm running from God. But here I am. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else, you're here tonight. You want to get saved. You want to give your life to Jesus. You've experienced life and you've had enough. and say, you know what? I'm at the end of myself. I'm broken. I'm weary. I want to get saved. If that's you, lift it up tonight. God is dealing with your heart. God's dealing with you tonight. Lift it up. Lift it up and join His honest hand. Say, yes, that's me. Lift it up. God loves you. He wants to save you. I invite every backslider, every person here tonight, will not you come? Come and pray. Amen. My sister, you lifted up your hand? Come. Come out of your seat. Come. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. Zara, come pray with me. Another one more, please. Thank you. Amen. Just kneel down here, sis. God bless you. Zara's going to come. turning to the church church i want to ask you the question do you have a prayer life a consistent and passionate a persistent and passionate prayer life god is dealing with you tonight about prayer i want you come out of your seat these altars are open why don't we come and find a place to pray tonight and ask god to help us to be prayer warriors god wants to raise up a mighty army in these last days and I'm telling you we must not be anemic and weak when it comes to prayer God is dealing with you about starting prayer God is dealing with you about you know what being persistent in your prayer life what you come out of your seat the altar is where we are able to alter our lives when we come down and say God I hear, I hear your message and I'm going to change my life so that I will be a prayer warrior if God's dealing with you about prayer once you come out of your seat God, forgive us, Lord Jesus, for inconsistent prayers. God, forgive us, Lord Jesus, that we can become religious. God, just as you mentioned, Lord God, repetitious prayers, Lord, forgive us. God, I pray, bring us back to that old gospel of being a relationship with you, Jesus. I pray, Father, for this church that we would be prayer warriors. Lord God, that Lord, we we pray, God, fill this place with people to get saved. I pray you fill the prayer room with people to pray. God, I pray you fill that prayer room with mighty men and women of prayer. God in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, right now in the name of Jesus. Oh passionate prayers, Lord God, I pray. Oh set a blaze, set a blaze. Oh Oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray. Let there be a fire, Lord God, in her prayers. God continue, Lord God, to use her. Lord God, as a, Lord, even Cornelius prayers, God, that came up as a memorial before you, Lord. I'm asking God for divine intervention. Oh, Spirit of God, that you'd breathe upon him. Continue, Lord God, to raise up mighty men and women of prayer. Oh, minister by the power of your Spirit, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing, God. I thank you, Jesus, for the softness of our heart. I thank you, Lord God, for the humility of her heart, Lord. Continue, Lord Jesus, to bless God. And I pray the protection of the, the by the blood of Jesus Christ. God, raise her up, Lord God, to, to be a prayer warrior for you, God. I pray, Lord God, let her life, God, be dramatically and radically changed. God, and I pray let it be evident upon her, Lord God, of a life of prayer. God, I pray that you would send a a glow upon her, Lord God, like no other. A true transformation in her heart, mind, and soul. God, that she would give herself to you fully, unto you surrendered, Lord God. God, in the name of Jesus, touch right now. Minister, God, at this altar. Jesus, right now, fill this place. God, in the name of Jesus, touch my sister right now. Minister upon her heart. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. God, I pray, Father God, that you bless our sister. God, as she makes a decision, Lord God, to continue to seek you. Lord God, in prayer. Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking, Lord, minister by your spirit. In Jesus' name, God, I pray oh you cover her by the blood lord i come against every wicked work of the enemy that comes against her mind that comes against her heart i come against a foul oppressing spirit that comes against her i come against right now anxiety i come against worry and stress in the name of jesus christ Your word says, be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to you. God, I pray right now, God, that you'd minister upon her anxious mind. Minister upon, Lord God, her anxious soul. Minister upon her, Lord God, that you fill her with peace. Minister, Lord God, upon her, God, that you'd give her victory in her mind. Give her victory, Lord God, in her heart, soul, and spirit. God, that she would continue, Lord, God, to walk uh, according to your will and purpose. Oh, God, that you continue to use her, God, as a testimony. God, an eagle be God, that continue, Lord, God, to draw more men and women to yourself. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God, minister by your spirit. Jesus' name, lose your power. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I'm Father, we worship you, God, we worship you. Oh, bless your name, bless your name, hallelujah. Oh, worthy is your name, Jesus.